Hey, I'm Orlando Jones, and I just want you to know that the Moana Nui podcast will be starting soon. Stay tuned, yo. I'm Veronica Taylor. I'm from myself and Ash Ketchum. I just want to say, Moana Nui, I choose you. Aloha my kako everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Moana Nui podcast here on the Agents of Geekdom. Uh, my name is Moana and I am the host and founder of the show. Uh, I'm also a children's book author uh, representing Native Hawaiian communities and a publisher for the Wildcard Chronicles here at Burning Spear Comics. Um, and champion and advocate for our Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander communities, as well as our um, BIPOC cousins um, in the other communities. So welcome to the show. Um, tonight, I have a special guest, and you guys are going to get a preview. We're going to talk a little bit about his upcoming project and some of the work that he has done um, across a number of different areas. Um, his name is Greg Burnham. He is a longtime friend of the show, and we're excited to have him back. Uh, for those of you who maybe haven't watched his episodes or have not met him yet, uh, Greg is a writer based in Norcross, Georgia. Um, he is an Air Force child. He lived in several places all over the world before finally setting in Louisiana. Uh, he's attended Grambling State University. Um, and after establishing a first-time career, a full-time career for himself in finance, uh, he decided to pursue writing. Um, if you do know him, you know, you'll know that he is part of the dynamic duo that is um, the creators of Tuskegee Airs. Uh, he and Marcus Williams uh, teamed up to produce uh, two children's books um, in their earlier stages called Broken Glass and Grandpa's Shoes. Um, and then in 2016, they decided to get back into comics. Um, and as I mentioned, they started the um, very successful sci-fi action adventure, Tuskegee Airs. Um, since then, Greg has created um, another comic book series, The Search for Sadika, which I'm a really big fan of. Uh, he is currently working on a number of his other creator-owned projects. Um, he was also a member of the relaunch of Milestone Comics and the Milestone Initiative um, over with DC Comics, who um, honored the creators of Milestone by continuing their mission um, and working with a wonderful, talented group of creators um, during that time. So tonight we are going to bring Greg on to talk about Weasley, his newest project, Hopefully I'm saying that right. Correct me when I when I when you come on. Um, so yeah, let, let's have him join us. <laughs> Hello. How you doing? I'm good. How are you today? I'm good. You know, awesome. coming off of this uh, brutal cold that I had, but you know, I'm alive. That's good. That's good. We're glad that you're you're feeling better for sure. For sure. Um, so yeah, I, um, really excited to talk about your, your new project. I love talking about all your projects, but, um, just in case for those who are listening and tuning in and who maybe haven't 
met you before. Um, tell folks a little bit about um, how you got started with writing and like what kind of inspired you to do that. Oh man, um, you did so much. You said so many good things. Um, I think like just writing, it goes all the way back. I tell this story all the time, but uh, when I was in the second grade, I got this uh, Empire Strikes Back novel at the at the book fair and it was like supposed to be like too advanced for me or whatever and so they're like oh no that's kind of advanced i'm like man whatever so i bought it i took the family dictionary we're living in idaho it's crazy and uh i had the family dictionary and i just read the whole book and it was like it was sparking my imagination like in these ways that I had never really seen before, but I could see everything. And we were, this is a long time ago. So, uh, and we're like in the middle of nowhere. So we don't, we're not even, I think we're like an hour away from any movie theater. So it was like, we had to read books to, you know, know what the movie was. And, um, so I think after that, I just, second grade, I always liked to write. I just didn't have any, um, oh, not mad at anybody, but there wasn't anybody that was letting me know that this is something that you could do, like, full time. There's something that somebody that looks like me could do. Like, I didn't know any of that stuff. Like, every once in a while, we'd have, like, a writer come to, you know, school and talk but they were always like an older you know like caucasian person with a cardigan and i'm just like all right man let me go ahead and play this basketball do this do that because i didn't see it so i think it went all the way till i was in college where i had like a professor that was just she would go crazy over like the essays that i was writing mm. And I thought she was just trying to like gas me up, you know, She's like, you're such a good writer, you could do this professionally. I'm like, yeah, whatever, lady. Uh, you know, but um I think she was the person that like actually was able to like kind of critique and break down what I was doing and what she thought was good about it. So after that I started, you know, playing around. I moved to Atlanta. I was looking for somebody to draw this comic idea that I had. I think you've seen this before. This old rusty, dusty. Yes. <laughs> yes. I keep this on hand. That's um, right. And I met Marcus. My friend introduced me because I was looking for somebody to draw this. And so, yeah. That's how, how it all started. Of course, we didn't know what we were doing comic book, you know, like the industry-wise. So we were selling copies, but we were like losing money because we were printing them ourselves at Kinko's. It was just a lot, <laughs> you know, but we learned a lot. We learned enough to be like, yo, we're selling, but we're losing money. So we need to stop this and figure out the business. Right. How yeah. to do it better. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's like um a piece of history right there the old staple joint you need to put it like in a frame because what if it so my my uncle sent me a picture recently 
he still has one and he's like he's got it it looks good like the quality is good i'm like nice this one man i think i confiscated this from one of my kids <laughs> i found it and i was like yo what's this and he was like, you can't have it and i was like too bad i'm taking it I find it's um, I don't know like when you find the first work that you ever did it's like oh look at me like when I, <laughs> when I first you know what I, I always say this man like sometimes if you don't know anything you can kind of produce something cool sometimes I mean sometimes you probably can't but when I go back and look at it and this like this is me being you know one of one of my harshest critics. It's not terrible. There's a there's a few there's a couple of jokes that you know like like there's a crouching tiger hidden dragon joke. Like it probably doesn't hold up because you know it's so old. But I mean for the most part, like it's funny. I still laugh at it. It's stupid, but it's you know supposed to be right. Like we didn't do that. Bad. Marcus is like oh. I don't want anybody to see because of the art. But I'm like, dude, this is this art is better than a lot of people's art today, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say. Uh, I wanna I think I'm gonna I wanna reprint them. You should. Or uh hire somebody to like redo the like do the art and then redo keep the art. I think you should reprint the original, like on a limited type of joint, I, I think that would be cool. I just gotta go back in here and look and make sure there's nothing that'll get us canceled. <laughs> That's true. It is. So you used to be able to say stuff you can't say. A different time. Yeah. Maybe like a stretch goal on a, a like um, some other Kickstarter, you know, like we're only gonna print 20 or, you know, something like that. Yeah. We have to get it format because it's clearly not. Right. Regular book size, but yeah, I'm gonna go in see if, like I said, see if there's any uh, anything that could get us canceled. I think Marcus still has the file, like the old PSDs, so we can edit it if we need to. (laughs) So, with all of that, like that being your first experience, um, like what advice would you give to someone who is thinking about getting into comics? and doesn't know where to start or um, like is not even sure if they should pursue this or how, how to go about it? Um, I think the first thing I would say is if you're trying to do a money grab, pick another sport. Uh, like if, you know, if you're trying to like make something and just expect for it just to blow and go crazy, pick another sport. Um, because if you don't love, like, the amount... I was talking to somebody recently. The amount of work, the time, the money, the effort that you put in to doing comics, if you don't really, like, love them, then, you know, if you don't... If you're not a success right away, you're not going to keep doing it anyway. Yeah. You know? So, um, like, that part... But then also the other part is get kind of get an understanding of the business, you know, how stuff works, how, uh, 
you know, in what ways can you make money? In what ways can you save money? Um, and and then the last thing, and this is, you know, what I explained over, like we just released my brother's first book. I helped him write it. We're still shipping out to backers because uh, we're waiting on the other cover to get uh, finalized. But we are shipping out. Um, so people should be seeing stuff hitting their mail soon. Um, but yeah, so once you get this done, all that work, money and effort that I was talking about, now you got to work like four times as hard, you know, because you got to sell them. <laughs> if you, you know, like nobody wants to, like if you're using Kickstarter and you get funded, you know, you don't want to just get funded and then not be able to do anything else with books. So it's like selling them at shows, selling them online. You got to get out there and try to move move the product. So uh, that that's the last part. And I learned that um, when I, you know, did my first two children's books, you know, went to this seminar and that was the first, that's the first thing they said is if you have one book, you're a guy that wrote a book. You know, you're not an author until you have like multiple titles. You know, it's uh, our multiple books, you know. Um, and then the other thing was, you know, the hardest part is after you get it done, you know, the work that you put in. Because you can have a great product, but if people can't, you know, have no way of stumbling onto it, then it's just going to sit there. Yeah, that that's absolutely true. Um, so like what can you talk a little bit from your perspective like what are the um, kind of like the ups and downs of conventions and online distribution and like what uh, which one tends to work out better for you you know that kind of thing um, online is still good it used to be way better when you could uh, like when you could really maximize off of the ads and stuff like the social mm -hmm. media ads, it's different now. I feel like they put blocks and limits on, yeah. you know, the stuff I used to be like, I used to like, if I needed like a few thousand dollars, I knew exactly how much money to put in, drop it, release the ad to the world. Um, so online is still cool though. Word of mouth is great. And that's where it comes in. You want to be, you know, you want to, I mean, everybody, this sounds, sounds basic, but you want to make sure that you have a product that people are going to enjoy. Like, because what happens is people read and they're like, oh, this is dope. Let me tell such and such, you know, mm -hmm. and word of mouth is like some of the best advertising, you know, you can get. So, um, but, to, you know, with that, you're, you know, our job as creators isn't just to create. It's like to create something that people are going to want to read the next one. They're going to want to be engaged with what you're doing. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah, word of mouth is 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 really, really, really important. Yeah, and then as far as conventions go, um, like our goal is always to not lose money but we like to make a good amount of money when we go to conventions um but you know you have to like depending on what type of capital you have and what type of freedom you have like early on you definitely should be kind of picking and choosing 
you know, like shows, um, the, you know, the ones where you feel like you have a chance to actually bring some money back. Nothing's ever guaranteed. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, you got to get out there, right? Like, um, I I had a few uh, a few copies of this for um, Emerald City a couple weeks ago. The printer just was giving, you know, gave me some comps while they're waiting for the main, you know, batch to come through. And so it's like I'm, I just put this on the table. I need to, I want to see, you know, people's reaction, you know, with the other books that I have on the table. It's like, you know, you want to get that, you know, like that kind of flow to understand do people gravitate towards this? If this is on a shelf somewhere, are people going to pass it right by or? You know, so it's good to get out and kind of test and see what the initial responses to, you know, the books or whatever you're creating. Yeah. Um, so, like, at this point in your career, you've uh, published and created and published a whole bunch of different books. Which one would you say uh, that you're the most proud of? Uh, I don't know. This is like, probably hard. <laughs> this is like a kid that are you most proud of? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they're all their own separate thing. And um, so it's like my thing is I don't want to put anything out that I'm embarrassed or ashamed of. So I scrutinize heavily, you know. And even I can look back and say, okay, I'm better now than I was maybe then, but still I'm going to, you know, put out decent stuff. So I can't really say um, they're all different, you know, Tuskegee Airs I'm doing with Marcus and, you know, that's largely responsible for, you know, having us where we are today. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as, you know, like the, you know, the money that we're making, all that good stuff. But then, like, the search for Sadika, it's, like, my own child. And I had artists help, you know, like, do the art. Don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, so I, I really like that one. But all of them, like, my brother had this story. The story of Solace, he had this idea for, like, 13 years. Yeah. And he was trying to get it done. And, you know, stuff kept happening. And artists, we had an artist that. I think he did like 19 pages and then disappeared from the face of the earth. And his style was like the kind of style where you can't really find anybody to match it. And, and I didn't like it anyway. So it was like, yeah, I don't know. We got to start all over. So right. I'm, I'm happy for this one because I know how hard and how long and all the things that he's been through, you know, in the process of trying to get this done. So I don't know. They're, I, I like everything. <laughs> I'm proud of y'all. Proud. Of, like, just to be able to, like, when it's to the point, I'm not there yet. Like, I know people that it's like, oh, it's normal. I just did another book, blah, blah, blah. I'm not there yet, but uh, I, I am, you know, in that space where it's like, you're sitting and looking at all this stuff. It's like, oh, there's a lot of stuff starting to compile up, you know. Right. So I'm happy in that in that area definitely that's awesome so can you tell people um 
you know, especially those who maybe missed the whole um, story of Solid's campaign, tell us about uh, like what the story's about and kind of, um, you know, how you and your brother work together and how all that came about. Uh, so I'm probably going to butcher it. He does this way better than me. But it's a, um, like a dystopian type of world, like an alternate world, you know, not Earth. And um, there's like, I don't like, I guess some people are saying horror, but it's not really horror, but it's, there are like supernatural elements to it. It's got like a heavy, like, this would be an anime, like if we did, you know, if we did animation, because uh, it's got like heavy anime influence. And it's a young kid, Amayas, uh, who's basically... He, we think at this point, you know, you know, things will change, but we think he's cursed with this ability to like harness these lost souls. But uh, when the souls actually manifest, you know, bad things happen. So it's not, you know, it's like he can't control it at all, um, which means he's had like a pretty terrible life. And him and his sister, Anuke, are on the run and... Jeez, I'm trying to open up a good page. <laughs> we got uh, Damon. Well, they're they're good pages. Don't get me wrong, but my friend uh, Damon Hampton from the uh, from he's from the Milestone Initiative as well. Oh, dope! And uh, he's the artist that we got to you know go crazy in here. So um, pretty good, pretty fun story. Um, this is like the initial uh, issue, and the crazy part is my brother has so much written that we could do this book forever, probably, without having to create any new material. That's a good place to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 so much. He's like, did you, you know, did you get the page, you know, four hundred something? Nah, man, but I trust you. I trust you, and I believe what you're saying right now. It's like, cool, because that's the page where Amaius is going to play. I'm like, cool. So that's one of my goals is to get it to the point where we're able to just keep producing over and over. Nice. Yeah, that's that, That's definitely a great place to be coming from, um, especially on the, on the Kickstarter platform, you know, like for people who serialize their series um, using, you know, crowdfunding. Mm -hmm. um, the more you got done beforehand, the better. Right. And, um, yeah, we, you know, it's been pretty cool. I'm, I'm excited for more people to get their hands on the books. I, I just sent out like a boatload yesterday. Um, like I said, depending on what tier you order, and I got to send a thing out, but depending on what tier you ordered, we are waiting for uh, one of the files to get cleaned up um, for the alternate cover. Gotcha. And then we'll be able to, like, get everything out. Cool. So we got a question from Harold Pete. Um, I know that guy. <laughs> what books are in the plans for Greg in the future? Um, so I think we're going to talk about it a little bit. Yep. Uh, we have this uh, Little Rock Files uh, that's... We're gearing up for a campaign with Fair Square Comics. Uh, if you got Noir is the New Black, uh, we did the story Owsley. And I got, dang it, 
I like to be prepared with my visuals. Uh, and then in Mutiny, which is a Fair Square uh, magazine, we did the uh, second issue. So this first part I did with uh, Marcus Williams. And then uh, the next part was done with Quinn McGowan. And Quinn's going to do the next uh, 36 pages. So in total, it'll be like a 48-page book. I thought I had one up here, but I do not. I know exactly where that magazine is, too. Downstairs. <laughs> I know. I was I was looking for my copy of Noir's The New Black. I was like, dang it, where did it go? It's in here somewhere. So, um, yeah, so we have that. Um, we're currently pitching uh, Sadika for, like, a major publishing deal. Yes. Uh, of course, if I can get a good chunk of money, coming up pretty soon, then I'll probably just go ahead and produce it because I've been waiting a while. Um, and then I do have, I have a, um, was it an eight-pager uh, coming out in the DC Comics New Talent Showcase. It'll be at the end of May. Yeah, like May 30th, I think. Sweet. And I have an eight-pager in there uh, for the Milestone Initiative. That'll be awesome. <clears throat> I'm excited, super excited about that. So is that going to be like a compilation of all the like the different creatives that were in Yeah, it? so uh, they, took, they took 12 artists and 12 writers. And so uh, it'll be 12, like they paired us, you know, so Ooh. they gave me an artist, paired everybody. And uh, so they're supposed to be producing like all like all twelve of our stories will be in that anthology. Nice. So okay. So May, I'm gonna have to keep an eye out for that <coughs> for sure. Alrighty. Let's see. Lonnie says I'm looking forward to my reward. Me too. Yes. Um. Like I said, we're uh. I just got the the next batch of books. Uh, well, I, I don't have them. I'm picking them up in the morning. They're finished. But it was like too late tonight for me to get over there. So uh, we'll, we plan on shooting some more out uh, this weekend. Sweet. I'm looking forward to it. Um, let's see. I know I wanted to ask about... Oh, yeah. Can we talk about Swim, Kelly Swim? So is Kelly is your brother? Yeah, actually, so is Kelly the one who wrote uh, "Story of Solace"? So, Solace. Yeah. So with that, um, I helped him write it. So, but it's his story. Mm -hmm. so I want to be clear because, like, people are like, "You wrote?" I'm like, "I helped him," but it's his story. So yeah. basically, it's like, say, tell me everything you want, and then I'll, you know, we'll work together to put it together. So nice. Yeah, and yeah, Kelly is my brother. He's the like the swim kelly swim and with that one because you know i have been yelled at a couple times so some stuff i sent out an update if you didn't see it i had some issues with formatting uh -huh. and uh like to where basically certain stuff had to be done over not the art but just the way it was formatted gotcha. um and so with that it was like everything was getting jumbled up so talking with my agent and with some other people they were like uh maybe move it back because it would be like more uh impactful if it was released you know closer to the summertime yeah. than it was in december because it's about you know women of course 
So yeah. yeah, art is done. Script is done, even though I keep like tinkering here and there because uh, <laughs> I'm basically um, we're going to be trying to get it printed next month. Okay. So, yeah. So it's still coming. Um, I'm a little bit, uh, you know, frustrated. I forgot that printers, you know, in a lot of cases, printers kind of shut down towards the end of the year because they're yeah. like so jammed up. And so that was like my first thing. They were like, oh, yeah, it's going to be a couple of months before we can get you on the dock. I'm like, yeah. But <laughs> 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 like trying to get, you know, affordable printing to where I'm making some money off the book. Right. Uh, is important. So, yeah. So do you you use um, all domestic printers or do you go overseas at all? Uh, a little bit. I, we got these guys in Canada, but uh, recently... Oh, okay. They changed up their thing, so they're really just focusing on graphic novels. And then we tried uh, this dude in China. Mm, I'm not really. It's not nothing against China. I, it's just this particular guy. I didn't like the way the books were packaged. Mm-hmm. It was a lot. So I'm always open if you like, if you know anybody, because you know, you know as well as I do like it's like I don't mind paying but I want the quality to be on par with that yeah right for sure yeah I mean for the children's books just because like I like hardcover for that so that Mm -hmm. I definitely go overseas um because like printing in the U.S. is like four to five times as much what I pay well you tell me Send me a message so I can know who you got because yeah might speed up my process. Yeah, the only thing is that like you gotta wait for freight. I mean wait. you can pay more, right? Like and have it shipped air, but um it's a lot. Depending on how much you order, right? Um but the one the one that I use, they have a, a thousand minimum though. So that's that's the um the only thing. That's a lot of books. But I know you move a lot of books, so you know everybody, not everybody can can do that. Um, but it just kind of depends on like what your long term. How much do they do per copy? Um, I'm trying to remember what it was on the. Going to be based by pages and all that. Yeah, it's um. So mine is thirty six. Yeah, that one. Shadows of the Ancient. Yay. (laughs) Um, that one's thirty six. I think. Um, I pay probably like three something per copy. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Yes, tell me these people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll say <send> <laughs> Um Yeah, and they're t- like they I didn't have issues with their timeline. The on that particular book, it was it got stuck in customs for like six weeks or some crap. So that's why I was late to the backers on that one. Um it wasn't super think- late. Yeah, I think if I have to, I'll probably get like for the backers, I'll get like a smaller run here mm-hmm. for you know the you know mass production. Yeah, yeah. I think um, who was it? I know a couple of people use Mixum, but their their hardcover cost is oh, it's like eleven <laughs> eleven dollars a copy. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, I mean, is, yeah. How do you yeah. spell book? It's a lot. It's, it's a lot. Not enough room for us to make our money. Um, no. 
but yeah, still trade-offs. Um, but I, I, you know, I'm willing to to wait. Um, I have different goals though. Like it's not, you know, I'm not in a rush to get to the market. I'm more like creating a quality product and then like having it be evergreen. So, um, yeah. And that's, that's one of my big, like I still sell my old children's books. Mm -hmm. These are like 10 years old. Yep. And I still sell the crap ton of them. So it's like, I'm with you. It's like, you want, I want that evergreen like that, you know, where people, it doesn't age poorly, you know, like all that good stuff. And the art is great. So, uh, yes, I'm excited. Yeah, I can't wait to check it out because from what I, you know, seen in the updates that you um, shared, it was definitely a fun book. Yeah. Um, and of course, like swimming is, I mean, like a deeper topic for people of color, right? It's not just, let's just go swimming. Right. Like, no, <laughs> there's a lot of historical. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that was messing me up with it was that, um, you know, like in the, the, you know, the nature of storytelling, you know, the culmination, like the rise, like I was like, do I want a threat? in this book like you know but then at the same time I'm like it's you know in the book I'm trying to project that if you're prepared and you you know you understand what you're doing you believe in yourself then you can conquer this you know so I was like nah I'm not gonna have like that threat that moment of you know like something that would bring anxiety to anybody you know that's doesn't know how to swim you know what I mean so yeah. um, that was one of my the tricky parts. I was like, I feel like I need another page. But then I argue with myself to the point where I was like, yeah, yeah, no, you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. So Yeah, it's funny because even in my book, Shadows, you know, like I introduced the villain and I was like, hmm, do I want to do this? Do I, like, I don't want kids to be scared of going in the water. Right. <laughs> right. So it's like you have to kind of you know it's like what if you know i literally i had to because i'm i can i can get really bad sometimes with like just sitting and overthinking like Same. the smallest details and so i'm like because i you know after i get it all laid out i'm like yeah there's not you know there's not that one you know huge momentous part where you know you but I was like, no, nah, I don't need that right now. Uh, so I think it came out pretty cool. Yeah. Hello, Dana. Hi, Dana. Hey. hey. <laughs> I was having I like computer issues. <laughs> it's all good. The computer always wants to we about to come on the show. Oh. Exactly. So, yeah, we were... Greg, uh, you know, I got to listen to a little bit as I was trying to wait for my computer to you to introduce a little bit with the Norris about your contribution is she, to that. And is she freezing up for you or is this not? Yeah, that more into its own story. No. I'm trying to mouth with her. Danny, you're moving very slow. It's probably her computer. I'm not all the way woken up yet. 
<laughs> but I think you were saying, you know, talk about the, um, like, moving this story, like how it originated with Nora's The New Black and Did she freeze again. Yeah. <sighs> Sis, come I'll on. just try to tell the story while Dana gets herself together. Uh, but um, so, like, uh, when they reached out uh, for Nora's The New Black, I was I started laughing because I was like I got a story you know because I had already been kind of um, piecing this story Owsley together, um, so I'm you guys know I'm a huge you know history fan and so I you know I study up on all kinds of stuff so um, I learned about the there's actually a great show on right now called Snowfall that's uh, covering some of these topics. But um, when I was in college, I learned about the CIA um, involvement with uh, bringing drugs into, you know, California to help the Contras uh, win the war in Nicaragua. And so they basically had like a triangle. They were working with, uh, you know, the, um, whatchamacallit, the uh, people in the Middle East to bring drugs. So they were basically helping the Contras fund their war without the United States technically giving money. So, you know, it's like with Snowfall, uh, which they took, you know, basically based the main character off of Freeway, Ricky Ross. Are you guys familiar with him? He, okay, so you know the rapper Rick Ross? Yeah, he basically took his name from Freeway Ricky Ross, who's a young dude in California who ended up becoming like this huge, huge drug dealer, uh, like introducing crack into the Los Angeles area. And, you know, later you find out that Rick, Ricky Ross, like his, the guy that he was getting the cocaine from was a CIA operative that was, you know, working with, you know, Nicaragua or whatever. So, you know, they flooded, you know, the streets, but they didn't just do California. And that's one of the, you know, like now, I guess more people understand about it happening in Los Angeles, but it also happened in Arkansas. It happened in Chicago. Like they had these, you know, different places where um, the stuff was set up. So that's what my story is based on. A, it's totally fictional. Um it's based on a um, a detective who recently gets transferred to like Little Rock, and he's kind of like a high ranking, but he's a young, you know, black man in the eighties, in you know, like nineteen eighty eight in Little Rock, Arkansas, and so um, this young girl that you come to find out he has, you know, ties to, she's basically. Uh, gonna help him, you know, try to help him solve a murder, which is basically gonna uncover like all kinds of extra like corruption, you know, where are these drugs coming from? It's really interesting stuff, man. Tom Cruise made a movie um, where he played Barry Seal, who um, was an actual smuggler for the CIA. And so uh, he was flying Originally, he was flying into Louisiana, but then they had him just keep going 
So they basically set him up shop in Arkansas and everything. And there's all kinds of stuff. Like the Clintons were, Bill Clinton was the governor at the time. Bill Clinton's brother was like arrested and in prison for drug trafficking while his brother was the governor. Like (laughs) there's a lot of like real stuff that was going on. And I know you guys remember like um, banging in Little Rock, all that stuff, right? That, you know, the series that was on HBO. Uh, so that was kind of like a residual effect from the stuff that had happened a few years before. So that's what the, you know, it basically comes down to. But the I guess I'm in love with it so much because we're like channeling, like, see, I wish I had the right one. Because the second chapter, you can see the Jerry Curls. And you know, <laughs> like we're channeling the '80s, so like the late '80s. So you're talking about the fashion. We're talking about the music. Um, is that it? American made? Did I say I said it wrong? Didn't I? Thank you, Facebook user. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So. Uh, we're channeling like all this stuff that was great when I was like early teen, uh, the music, the hairstyles, like all this different stuff. Um, Quinn, if you got, you guys familiar with Quinn McGowan, mm-hmm. like, a wonderful illustrator, super hype. Like I just by chance asked him, you know, like I, you know, he was saying, uh, he put up a thing saying he had like some commission slots open and then before I know it, he's like working on the, you know, the second chapter of the book and come to find out like his father was actually a detective in Memphis. Like, you know, so it's like this stuff and Memphis isn't that far for people that don't know geography that good. Geography challenged. Yeah. <laughs> Memphis, it's like, you know, kind of the same region. And so like, the you know, he was passionate and, you know, and we're both like super hip hop fans. So it was just like, it was magic as soon as we started. And then um, I was talking with Fabrice. You guys know Fabrice Sapolsky, uh, the owner of Fair Square Comics. And um, I was talking like, I want, I want to pitch some stuff to you. And he was like, well, what are you doing with Owsley? And I was like, uh, what would you want to do? And so we sat down and talked. So that's where we're at, um, getting ready to drop the first. And it's uh, going to be like 48 pages. So what you'll get is like a full, almost think of it like a um, like a TV episode. You know, you'll get like a full episode, but it's serial. So it's going to obviously lead right into the next, you know, issue. That's awesome. Um, do you have a sense for when you guys are going to drop that on Kickstarter? So the goal is, uh, we just, I think we just got approval, but we are going to kind of try to drum up a little bit of, um, publicity, uh, try to get, you know, hundred, 150 people to sign up for the notify link, um, before we drop it. Cause it's, a um, <coughs> The goal is, is that uh, 
we get enough to where uh, the creators can get paid up front, you know, for the work. And then, um, so, yeah, we want to try to make sure we have a decent amount of following first. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I know I've seen some creators do it where they, you know, they drop the preview link and then they say, like, once we hit whatever, let's say it's 150, yeah. like, then we're going to hit launch, you know, so. Yeah, so that we're kind of, we haven't come up with, like, a, a hard, you know, a hard line just yet. But uh, it, it's in that kind of, that same kind of thing. Yeah. I, I think you all should have no problems. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, the thing about it is, like, it's really hard now, man. Um Kickstarter is not as easy as it was, you know, a few years ago. Uh, social media, they do a really good job of making sure people can't see when you're sharing this stuff. Um, and there's so many people now doing it, you know, using it that it's, I think it's, I don't, I want, watered down is not the word, but it's almost like, like the other day I looked up and I was like, why do I have, not so much money in my account right now. And then I go in and look at the detail and it's like, oh, because like five Kickstarters that I backed last month <laughs> all went through at the same time, you know? It's so so true. Like, you know, it's just, it's not as, e it's not as easy. Like the last, my last couple of Kickstarters, I had to work. Yeah. Well, no, so excited. The children's book, I had to work. I yep. had to work. I did too. Yeah. This is some bull. You're supposed to have, be having to work. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you always got to work at Kickstarter, but yeah, the the last one felt harder than usual for sure. And I don't think it was just us. Like, I am in a couple of creator groups, mm. and everybody who was on, they were like, "Is it just me, or is it like super hard this round?" So I don't know if it was like the time of year, or just like numbers of projects on the platform, and all of that. But um. I mean, I think that's why it's important for creators to leverage, um, especially ones who use the platform often, but leverage like the email addresses of your backers and and um, the backer updates, you know, like using those things that at least Kickstarter's automatically like kicking notifications for you mm -hmm. um, to do those too. Uh, let's see. So Dana wants to ask the time, the, the question that everybody's going to ask, when will we see the next Tuskegee Airs issue? So <laughs> we, um, what we're going to see next, and we were trying to get it, uh, we were trying to get it for the end of this month, but it's now probably going to be the end of May. Um, but we're, uh, we're going to be putting out, uh, and we've talked about it for a while, this timelines book. Um, it'll have like three, you know, like individual stories, like eight to 10 page uh, books. But it's just a little bit of something to kind of um, develop the character. Like one of the challenges when you have so many main characters yeah. like Tuskegee is that people are like, nobody gets to know anybody fully right so um like gina we've we've been sad because gina we've had cosplayers and people love her but she's barely had any you know any run 
So we have like a, a six page story with her in it. Um, and it, it's cool. That one's already completed. Uh, and um, just to, to give you a little bit more so you can see more about her, uh, we have a Genesis story that kind of fills in some of the blanks from issue one. Uh, and then we're uh, working on a Colonel Mars, like a young Colonel Mars uh, story. Like, um, so we'll be doing that, but then we're also going to be simultaneously trying to get um, issues five and six done. We our goal is to be working on those at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes whew, it, it'd be tough. <laughs> yeah, we we um we're working on this animation, um, like a cinematic short right now, and so yeah. that kind of took some of the time that we should have been, you know, using for the book. But we definitely got to go back. Um, we get yelled at a lot for that one too. <laughs> Good, passionate yells too. Like, come on. So. And well, that's the kind you want because that means that you know people love it. Right. But yeah, I feel your pain too because you know I my story has four kids. Two of them are like the main main ones, but I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna get to this point where people are gonna be like, but what? What's the backstory? What? Right. <laughs> Tell me more about the character. <laughs> So yeah, so we and what we're we're basically using gonna be using different artists to bring those stories to life too. Oh nice. So you know, give you a little change up in what you've been seeing. That's cool. Oh, you can do like this whole thing where like I mean, I don't know, this is hard to line up, but like where you have like one artist dedicated to each character so that like if people see that art, it's like, oh, that's so and so story, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so we're um, yeah, we're moving. We just got the the next artist. We don't want to announce it just yet because we don't want people yeah. getting through feral. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we just got our Colonel Mars artist locked up. So nice, gonna be fun. That's exciting, exciting. Um, so Dana said her nine year old niece needs to know when is the next search for Sadika coming to Kickstarter because she quotes. Her soul is ready. So that's the thing with that one. We're uh, trying to get like a publishing deal. We just got everything together to where we can start pitching. It took a while. Um, The cool stuff, I haven't announced it formally yet. But um, so in one way, it's sad because my artist, Shannon Sapenter, he wasn't able to keep going um, on the book. No bad reasons. We, you know, it was just, you know, like time consuming. Mm -hmm. But I did um, one of the, another one of the milestone artists, Taya Ankum. I talked to her about it and she was like, yes. And so the cool thing is she has a twin sister, Tahila, and they both draw good. Uh You know, they, you know, we're here. So uh, they're working on, you know, they're with me on this uh, next iteration of Sadaka. Um, we've already got like eight pages. We're going to actually be showing a couple of those pages pretty soon. Because, um, you, you know, when you're doing the pitch process, you got to have sample pages and sample script and blah, 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 blah. So 
uh, yeah, so I have artists and we're working, but we're trying to get that deal. So please bear with me a little. Yeah, he's got a lot going on, y'all. It's um <laughs> just just hearing us go back and forth between the properties. I'm like, as a writer, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. And I got like there's a, another thing I'm working for, working on. I can't tell you guys just yet, but it's pretty huge. And then yesterday I just got offered something else. So but I mean you know, we got to make sure, you know, paperwork and all that stuff is cool. Right. But, you know, both of these things are like, uh, it's crazy. Both of these things are like, if you would have told me when I was seven years old that I would be working on these things, I would like pepper spray you and call you a liar. Like, <laughs> not possible. There's no way. Like, I didn't even. You know how there are certain things where, you know, when people say, if you could write such and such, you know, and you be, you know, you know the kind of people, but it's based off of like, would they let me write such and right. such, you know? <clears throat> I never said, I never thought, never even thought that I would be able to write these guys. So that's cool. Awesome. I'm excited. I can't wait till you can say what it is. I'm sure it'll be a while if, if it goes like any of the other ones. <laughs> well, one of them, one of them's signed and we're already work like I've already signed and we're already working. Nice. I just they haven't said that I'm allowed to say anything yet. So Oh yeah, it's gonna be a minute. <laughs> other the other one is, you know, still in the talking talking state. Yep. I feel you there. That's exciting. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Those pinch me moments. It's crazy. It's like uh uh Greg Elise when he um you know when I saw he got the scholastic joint, I was like, oh my god, scholastic is like for me, that's like, oh my god, if I could write something for them. <laughs> Right. I was in their book fairs faithfully because like you in Idaho, me in the islands, like there's nothing like there's a movie theater. Yeah. Okay. But like, other than that, you read and, you know, you self-entertain. And so like books was like my places like, oh, let's go jump into another world, you know? So um, I saved all my pennies for a little scholastic book fair when they're so excited. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, that like that's I'm I'm trying to get. You know, I was telling Greg, I was like, dude, this is like what dreams are made of, man. Like, I'm trying to you know holler at them. Hopefully they'll uh, they'll uh, look out for your boy. Yeah. So I heard you mention that like you have an agent. When did you like? At what point is um, for independent creator who's kind of doing it on their own? Um, but then obviously, you know, like leveling up, that's what we all hope. Um, at what point did you you figure out like, hey, I need an agent now so that I can focus more on writing and creating? Um, I didn't, like, I was just like doing my thing. And um, I had, you know, I had a, a few approach me. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of like, pick the one I felt was, you know, like best aligned for what I was trying to do. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's the, uh, I don't, I, I just, I don't know. Cause I know like 
from talking to people, that's not how it normally happens, I guess. Mine, the one that I picked, like, she came to New York Comic Con and just bought, like, everything on the table. And then reached, reached out to me, like, a, a month later and was like, hey, I, I bought your books. I read them. And right, do you have an agent? You know, that kind of thing. Gotcha. <laughs> so, um, you know, now I think I'm still learning more about the process. I think there's a way that you can, like, basically query and look for look for agents. Mm-hmm. But I guess my thing is there's so many people that are, I, I don't know, I've, I've been doing this a long time. And there, there's a lot of, I guess, hacks is the best, <laughs> the best way I can say it. There's so many hacks that are like, they can't give you what they're, they're promising. You know what I'm saying? They they really don't, it's it's like they're kind of looking at you and depending on you to do, so they can have anything done or whatever. Right. So you, you just got to really be careful because it's like you're signing contracts with people for a certain length of time and you, it could be like a whole waste. Um, you know, like you, you sign a year contract and nothing happens. So it's like all agents ain't good agents. You know what I mean? Right. Um, my, my mind state always is, and, and then the other part is, you don't like, you don't want anybody where you're having to pay anything. Like, you know, the only way an agent, you know, is going to get money is if they get you money. That's how it's supposed to work. So that's kind of a way, like, if somebody's like, hey, you send us this much and we'll represent you, like, don't do that. Um, that's already starting off bad. Right. <laughs> you know, um, but my goal is always, like, let me see what you've done, you know? Yeah. Like, have you taken seen somebody like me and gotten me jobs, you know, like, or are you just like hopeful, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed? So that's huge. Um, but it's it's not like a science. Like I've had several, over the last year or so, I've had like several agents reach out to me and I'm like, dang, why ain't everybody reach out to me in the beginning? Like, but you know, it's kind of what it is. I don't know if I said anything of any type of substance. No, I mean, yeah, that was really great advice. (laughs) And I think, I mean, it aligns with a lot of what I've heard from other creators too. It's not, there's no perfect time for that to happen. But like, I I think what I just try to focus on is creating great work and that. um, And then, and that's what it really is. Like you, you know, they'll come is you know but that that the part that you can't control is like like i've had cuz there we get a lot of uh they're they're like piranhas like people that come after tuskegee years yeah like no matter how many times we tell you we're not looking for a publisher you know like but they just like hey, hey, hey. Yeah. so it's like you need to see are they here cuz you got a property that they they want to capitalize off of or are they here to actually represent you like to be on you know to do what's best for you and your mm-hmm. career you know so yeah that's that's great advice um 
One last question before we roll off from Harold. Does, <laughs> does your agent focus more on children's books or comics or is it both? Um, it's, so right now, like, you know, if you're good looking for like the main mainstream publishing, they're looking for graphic novels and always children's books. Um, so it's, you know, that's typically what that focus is, but the contract I'm in, like there, um, it's also TV, you know, animation, movie, like all, all of the above. Nice. All righty. Well, that's the last gem you're getting, y'all. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> Facebook, you said protect the Tuskegee Air Project at all costs. That's right. That's like the... Yeah, no, we, we will, Facebook user. Um... We like we're not. I was talking that once, but uh, no, that's like we, you know, we're meeting on it. We just had another meeting on it yesterday. Um, excited about the stuff that we have coming, as well as the little animation thing that uh, should be pretty fun. Yeah, that's dope. Alrighty, well. Your success is no surprise to us. Um, and we definitely, you know, are happy for you and continue to celebrate and support, you know, everything that you're doing. Um, I don't know which project I'm most excited about. Just all of it. Just all of yeah, it. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't even have, like, I mean, I'm really excited for Owsley. Like I said, uh, we're going to do some fun things with it. Um, so I'm the, ah, oh, Cedric. What's up, Cedric? <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we're really excited about uh, Owsley, but then the DC stuff. Um, I'm I want to I'm interested to see like how the story that I did I did an icon story that's coming out at the end of May, and so I want to see you know interested in seeing you know what people think of that, and then the other DC thing I'm super hugely excited about, but that's the one I can't really you know. Yeah. Say yeah, yeah. Then this new stuff too. So I don't even know what excitement is anymore. Uh, I just, <laughs> just want to just want to get this stuff out. <laughs> like I look at, I got to uh, meet Rodney Barnes a few weeks ago. Nice. This thing in L.A. And I was just like, dude, how? Like, if you see all the stuff he's working on, like Philadelphia, he's got the um, Blackula. He's got another comic. He's got TV shows. Like, it's just so much stuff. I'm like, how? And because I want to be like that, but how? <laughs> happen. You're going to be there right there, too. I don't know, man. That dude is he's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. I don't know. He's like a, some kind of computer or something that just, and to be doing so much stuff and it be so good, you know? Somebody's out there thinking the same thing about you. I'm gonna just put it out there because <laughs> you got to start with somewhere, and everybody has their journey, and it's all relative after a while, you know. Like I don't know if you feel it, but like even after you, fit, you know, successfully finish a project, you're like, okay, um, that's still not good enough. Like what? <laughs> What's next? It's like oh, I just made a basket. Now I need to go score yeah. some more. Like so. Yeah. Cool. 
All righty. Well, um, one last time, give folks uh, where where can they find you online? Socials, all that. Uh, Greg Burnham on the Facebook. Uh, Greg underscore Burnham seven on Instagram. And then I think I'm gonna change it right now. I think it's Greg Burnham book on Twitter, which I'm barely on. But uh, yeah, follow me. I was supposed to have some links for y'all if you wanted to, you know, sign up to be notified. Um, definitely we'll have that coming out. So if you don't follow me already, please follow me. Uh, and like keep up, like I'm the, the, the Little Rock Files, Owsley story. It, it's really dear to me. Um, I even was influenced by certain things that happened, you know, like living where I lived in my early teens, we started losing friends like in middle school, you know, like kids getting shot mm-hmm. and uh, losing lives. So it's like, I'm kind of paying homage to those times and, you know, just some of the stuff that, you know, went on during those times. So it's like, there's a lot of love and a lot of heart and soul in this project. And um, also, you know, speaking for victims of like these horrendous you know world crimes that they <laughs> that you know our government has portrayed so i'm really excited to uh to get the story out and like i said it's tons of love man we got jerry curls yeah. in the books <laughs> so excited about that it's just good 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 all together awesome well, we are definitely looking forward to it. Once you get your links and stuff, let us know and we'll help you share it out to our audience and uh, give you a shout out um, on our future episodes so folks can help find your campaign and, and get, get you the funding that you need to be successful with it. So um, as always, thank you so much for being a part of our show um, folks, if you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, subscribe to the Moana Nui podcast here on Agents of Geekdom. Um, and stay tuned for our next show coming up at 8.30 tonight. Uh, we're switching gears a little bit into professional career development. We're going to talk a little bit about race and gender intersectionality um, with Sue Ann Hong over with the Center for Asian Pacific American Women, or Kapaw. Um, and we're excited to have that panel. So with that said, on behalf of me and Dana, who is still having technical difficulties, <laughs> thank you guys so much for joining the show. Greg, thanks again. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing you again soon. Alrighty, yep. guys. Take care. Thank you. So many stories left to tell Even if we have to ourselves Can't keep history on the shelf If they won't tell it, we will If this the land of the free, it was a freedom then When they annexed Hawaii and called it see the lands Without any type of payment and no signing off Called themselves the Republic in 1894 1.2 million acres overtaken from the native Hawaiians When they resisted, the West retaliated in violence and erasure The Hawaiian language is banned As part of colonialism's plan to expand, yeah
Stuck between a rock and a hard place Multiple bombings of Koholave As a part of their ongoing war with Asia Used it as a place for target practice No consent or compensation Colonizers call for annexation The work of all the locals School will never let you know So many stories left to tell Even if we have to ourselves Can't keep history on the shelf If we won't tell it we will Too many stories left to tell Even if we have to ourselves Can't keep history on the shelf If we won't tell it we will We will So if we put Hawaii in a perspective Well black and Asian history is interconnected Considering the fight with the Pacific then of course versus Asia they was treated as a middleman for war but they didn't let the western colorism run its course cause dark skin was a sign of dignity to call the land was taken in the name of capitalism when prior to it was an actual kingdom clap back at the system stuck between a rock and a hard place multiple bombings of Koholave as a part of their ongoing war with Asia used it as a place for target practice no consent or compensation colonizers call for annexation the work of all the local school will never let you know So many stories left to tell Even if we have to ourselves Can't keep history on the shelf If we won't tell it we will Too many stories left to tell Even if we have to ourselves Can't keep history on the shelf If we won't tell it we will So many stories left to tell Even if we have to ourselves Can't keep history on the shelf if he won't tell it, we will Too many stories left to tell Even if we have to ourselves Can't keep history on the shelf If he won't tell it, we will, we will